Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. As many of you may know, I have been on a slow boat moving into my house and I've been so stressed out about how I'm going to decorate and what is going on in my hallways. Thankfully, FrameBridge has come into my life. I can easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. I can't wait to visit one of their locations. I'm going to take in some of my old concert stubs so I can hang it in my office. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Ever think those fables and fairy tales from back in the day are just a little bit dusty? Wandry and Tinkercast are bringing you a new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Join host DJ Fuchs and his trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as they deliver remixes of fables and folk tales, rhythm and rhymes, and fun spins on classics as old as time. Grab the whole family and get ready to groove because they're putting the rap in Rapunzel and getting down with that funky duckling. Where hip-hop and fables meet, it's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to all episodes of Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcast. Welcome to the Think Loud Crew podcast. Three moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Three moms keeping it real with relationships, WTF moments in our daily life. I just want to know what the pause and the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I feel this. That's a word for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, if my that God. Wasn't the, mm, I, I don't know. I just blanked. Oh, Shannon. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> right. Not we're just going to leave that one there. Nope. You guys get the mm-hmm. So oh Shannon's back and Kyle's I'm... gone. <laughs> Where is Kyle? Kyle doesn't feel well and Aww. she didn't want to get any of us sick. So she set out this week. Smart of her. But I'm back, you guys. Hey, girl. Are we hey. all excited? Yes. Yeah. And Remy's back. And Remy's back. Hey. I'm excited that I get to be with Remy. I know, right? I know we haven't recorded together yet. No, we haven't, because you and Brandon did yours, and I wasn't there. Oh, right. And, and then, then last hers. week, you were and I was again. listening I was like, on the way. 
Am I what? Avoiding, Avoiding me? Your... No, girl. <laughs> Just like okay. getting your hair done. Oh, my God. So On my you... day off. That was probably the funniest text ever. Um, I just want to make one comment. I said last week on the podcast that we're going to have Remy back this week. And y'all didn't believe me. I got so many messages that are like, is she really coming back? And I'm like, maybe I'm reading them in like like a mean tone. And I'm reading it like I'm getting yelled at. But I'm like, (gasps) yes, I said she's coming back. We planned it like live, basically, to come back. So look. She's back. I'm here. I'm here. here. I wonder if it's because when we did the first podcast, we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to come back to talk about the wedding. Two years later. And then we never did it. So um, I'm on y'all's side. Literally, I'm on y'all's side. (laughs) No, I feel like you guys deserve, you guys owe me an apology because maybe I was just reading the messages, like, you know, and not like, oh, my God, is she coming back? I read them like, is she coming back because you're a liar? That's probably what they meant. Oh, you're trying to... (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So you're trying to tell everybody you're not fake and you keep your word. But I do agree with Remy because last time her and Brandon were on, we were like, oh, it's been a minute. They didn't come back. Ten years years later, she's married, baby. Child later, we are now three. Malachi is talking, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. He's in college. He's right. Talking about, yeah, they're back now. Oh, my God. I was really happy with last week's episode, and I felt like our crew was really happy with it and it just sparked like more conversations more questions one of like the main things that i feel like people want you to talk about is your birth story mm-hmm. how you guys decided on like using a doula having a doctor a lot of people were like she said she's high risk what the hell happened oh so, oh we got things, yes. things to discuss i was actually yeah. listening to it this morning and i was sitting back like damn this <laughs> i'm like this podcast is good <laughs> <laughs> i was really sitting in the car because usually like i don't to be fair i don't listen to all our all yeah. our podcasts you were there you were there i was there <laughs> and, like i don't want to relive the whole thing but this time I'm like, I was reading the comments. They were so good. And like the clips that we received, I'm like, damn, this is a, this was a, a good, good episode. episode. And then me just listening to it this morning, I didn't get to through the whole thing. But I'm like, okay, Remy, I'm over here thinking all these things. Like, oh, it. <laughs> okay, really fast before Remy starts. <laughs> tell me, tell me. When I walk in, Shannon's like, I just listened to the podcast. I'm like, okay. And then she goes, you know, like, I was listening to Remy talk about, like, celibacy and all these things. And I'm just thinking, like, should I be celibate? And then she's like, never mind. Like, I just realized, like, there's toys and all that. I just found, like, what sex is. Right. I'm just <laughs> discovering like, a I'm new whole discovered. level of sex. I'm like, but I was really, I really had a shy. I was like, I was just listening to Remy's story about being her being celibate and, and like, finding God yeah. and all this shit. And I'm I just like, fuck. Like, do I need I had it? to. Oh, my God. Ex- I love that. I love that it came up for you. Right. That you it did, but Cheyenne brought me <laughs> back down. I brought her back to real life. <laughs> to Shannon life. <laughs> I'm like, Shannon, I'm one of Remy's. Remy is one of my best friends. Yes. I've, I was with her throughout her <laughs> celibacy. And a part of me was like, damn, should I be celibate? And then the other part of me was like, no. It was no. like, You're like this, this isn't my no, journey. No, it wasn't my journey. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when you hear people's journeys, yes. it makes you question your own journey. 
and you have to find what your journey is. Now, if that becomes <clears throat> celibacy, I'm all for it. Yeah. But mm. you right now are on a journey discovering your vagina, and I really <laughs> like that journey. Y'all, <laughs> it's a fun journey. She's never oh touched herself. I've never touched myself or had toys or anything. And now she's touching herself. She's finally met <laughs> the way her you're looking vagina. at me. Is have I think I've been ambushed. <laughs> She has finally met her vagina. We're not stopping it now. I think I've been ambushed. I would say that I did receive a lot of like personal messages asking for just like more clarity on why I became celibacy. And my prime answer to everyone was God convicted me directly. Mm. And it was a direct relationship. It wasn't this way. Yeah. Like it wasn't yeah. from person to person. It was, it was just what's this vertical? And God. Yeah. Is this vertical or horizontal? That's vertical. Okay. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> it was a vertical conviction. Mm-hmm. I love and that. I think if it came from a human, then I would not have mm-hmm. received it as well. But because it came directly from the source, like for me, it was, it. I was, it was for me in that season. And like I said, he tried to convict me times and times and times and times. But that was the time I listened. <laughs> so time I listened. for everyone who is like deciding whether or not celibacy is for them, when you have a third involved, like the Lord, that was my third involved. Well, my second involved, sorry, not third. When you I have was a, about to say, who's the second? <laughs> I was thinking of marriage, sorry. Oh. When you have a, a second involved, like it gives you accountability. But it's hard to be accountable to yourself, if that mm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm just being celibate for me, I'm not going to succeed. Yeah. But I have to like, <clears throat> like I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this as a commitment I've made to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that was the only way that I was able to keep my celibacy because I would be letting someone else down. And but it's I, not just me. I do me. feel like when you started like your season of singleness, your celibacy, it did, you did, how do I say it, inspire some other people in our friend group. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like some of them, did it or took it seriously in yeah. different ways in their own ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, would you I agree? love that? I do agree. I do agree. And I think like we are, our lives end up being testimonies for other people and inspirations mm-hmm. for other people. So although the conviction came vertically, the fruit you, lived yeah. out horizontally. So people got to see what that looked like for me and was like, oh, I could access a new level of all these things without doing that. And yeah. I could like actually like have a fruitful relationship, removing sex. Yeah, and I feel like and one person you can't. I'm thinking about now is married. Is married. <laughs> you literally just oh, got wow. married recently. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we should have her on because I feel like it would be. She took the same route. Yeah, she took mm-hmm. the same route. I love that. Yeah. So um, yeah. There's that. So if it does end up becoming for you. Then not for I you, Shannon. No, I really say it will be a great journey. I don't journey. think it's gonna be. For I really me. like getting the text. Really... Like I just used the toy, and I'm like, and sending her pictures. How'd it go? Oh I'm God. really liking the horizontal <laughs> effect of that. Right now. I'll keep my horse. I'll just you know. I can share it. Get to her one day. The horizontal. I'm really liking the horizontal connection. Now Shannon hits me like my connection's going vertical. I will leave you alone. <laughs> I will leave you I will, alone. I will let you be. Yes. I will let you be. Oh, it's so annoying. Oh my god. All right, back to back to <laughs> back to birth. Back to birth. Back to birth. Yes. yes. I want to hear about your birth. But I feel like you have to start from the beginning of your pregnancy to explain your if you're high. comfortable explaining why you were high risk. Yeah, okay. Just um 
course correct me if at any point I like need to explain more in okay. one direction because I haven't actually told my birth story in a while. Really? Aww. Since probably like he was one month. Like, is there a reason? No, it's just because I told everyone right away. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> who needs to know. Everybody knew right yeah. away. And Brandon and I also like recorded it um, for our YouTube. So. We haven't really talked about it much since then. So if I leave anything out that you guys know of, tell me to elaborate, and I absolutely will. Okay. So um, once, well, I'll start with prior to becoming pregnant, I never had the desire to have an unmedicated birth. I always mm-hmm. thought it was for hippies and gypsies and <laughs> strange people who just really loved to be in pain. Okay. And I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? That is not necessary. You know, like you're a, a glutton for just pain. Like mm-hmm. that's weird. So it was also never something that was celebrated in the African-American community or something that mm-hmm. was ever even like positioned in the conversations that I was involved in. Maybe like twice, once from your mom and once yeah. from you when you were pregnant with Ryder, you were planning on going mm-hmm. completely like, Unmedicated. My mom had my sister and I both unmedicated. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. That. So when I got pregnant with Ryder, it was really important to me that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth. And I think one of it was one of the reasons was, of course, my mom telling mm-hmm. me about how like beautiful her experience was. It was painful, but she's like, it was one of the best decisions I made, and I made it twice. You know what I mean? Like, wow, that so is beautiful. For me, I really wanted it with Ryder. My labor just went a different direction after like 17 hours of being unmedicated mm-hmm. i had nothing else to give and me and me and god did like this that vertical thing and he was like get, <laughs> get, you, the drugs. get to the hospital get the and i would like to also say that every birth is special and beautiful yeah and like if you, you can't so if you don't have the desire to have an unmedicated birth don't and if you want to have an unmedicated birth and can't do not beat yourself up yeah because mm-hmm. birth is the closest you get to death yes it is a very so painful experience to go through so everyone who survived birth congratulations it no matter, matter how, how your you baby got it, here, right. you survived it and your baby's yeah. alive so thank god for that so Anyways, um, I had always known that I just don't like pain. I don't like needles, none of it. Like, I got to, like, hold the ball as an adult and squeeze the doctor's arm and, like, count the 10, <laughs> have a cookie, a pretty Band-Aid, all the things. Like, I don't like pain. Not a pretty so not once did I ever envision an unmedicated birth until I was over at my girlfriend's house. And this is while Brandon and I were still trying to get pregnant. I wasn't even pregnant yet. And she was telling me about her home birth that she was planning on having. She was like seven or eight months pregnant at the time. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Not unmedicated, but why are you at home? Why are you at home? Why are you doing that? And I kept saying to her, and I was like, I am afraid. And those were my words. And I realized that fear was something that I had to overcome in Mm. order to even be okay with the process of thinking that I can have a a home birth. So I was like, why are you doing that? Like, that just sounds unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And she was just telling me how beautiful birth can be. And I'm like, beautiful? Birth can be beautiful? And she's like, yeah. And she was telling me about all the experiences that she know This is her first child. She hasn't done it. But she's, like, so excited for birth. She's like, I think I felt a contraction today. It was great. I'm like... <laughs> oh, no she one has like ever, having a beautiful experience. No one has ever said this contraction feels good. I'm like, okay, my friend has lost it. I don't know what's going on, but like, 
I'm curious to know more. Yeah. So she was just giving me her experience about how excited she was for this birth and how she just feels like this is for her. Like, we were, she's like, I was made to do this. Like, my body was created. And she just gave me such a different perspective on birth. And I'm like, wow, you're excited about the laboring. And I pretty much, like, I said, oh, I want to be that happy about birth. Like, I want that to be my story. And I don't want to go into the ninth month in fear. I don't want to spend my whole pregnancy dreading or even, like, looking forward to the epidural and looking forward to the pedicoin or like all the medicine just to get through it. I'm like, I want to enjoy my experience too. So that's when I was first introduced to the concept of a doula and a midwife because she had the whole shebang. I like, love that she a midwife, was a, a doula. Did she do insight? Did she do a pool like a tub? Or? She didn't end up having the home birth. She, I love she that she was up, a positive light in the experience of you not you, you're trying to have a baby. But she was a positive light in your situation of like switching it up because you guys last week were talking about like the negatives about mm-hmm. things and people always like children are negative. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But I feel like for you, this was like a positive light other than what you were hearing from everybody else exactly. about what pregnancy yeah. and everything is about, about how terrifying so, it is. Yeah. And, and, and how it is hurt, painful. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like. To to look at the pain to, and there's also this um this app called Christian Hypnobirthing mm-hmm. that is amazing. I highly yeah. recommend it. This is not an ad sponsored or anything. Like they don't pay me for this. <laughs> but um at first I was a little like freaked out by the process of hypnobirthing. I'm like, what is that? It sounds like very like, you know, yeah. strange. Um, but I listened to it, and it's basically just speaking truths over yourself. It's like affirmations. It's affirmations. Oh. And you're saying, like, my body was created yeah. to do this. Every contraction is bringing me closer to meeting my baby. A lot of getting through unmedicated birth is mindset. Mm-hmm. It's so much mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to just remember that <clears throat> with me, it's impossible. So I had to just like tap into that higher strength. Like yeah. I can't do this on my own. Uh, but wait, I'm jumping around. So uh, she Her gave me yeah. she gave me the perspective that birth can be a positive experience. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I want this to be my story. Kind of like you with the celibacy yesterday, but yeah. then you changed your mind. But like <laughs> that was me. And I was like, I want this to be my story. And yeah. I'm like, if you could do it for her, you can do it for me. Like you can change my perspective yeah. on birth. And I was just, like, on fire for birth after that. I did the research. Mm. I, like, oh, then we finally got pregnant. And then I'm, like, yes, I'm pregnant. You're, like, I can do it now. I get yeah. to do a home birth with the pool. <laughs> so your friend did not end up doing the home birth. She didn't end up doing the home birth because the baby was breached. Oh. Yeah. But she ended up doing a vaginal delivery breach. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So she still got to have... Um, her rainbow. She still got to experience like the natural, yeah. and that's a whole nother story. I'm gonna have to have her come tell you because yeah. it was crazy how she ended up actually like being cleared to do a vaginal breach. I was gonna say, birth. I feel like wow. a lot of times they try to get the baby to turn, turn. and if not, they'll suggest a C-section or a yep. cesarean. And that is the importance of a doula and a midwife Did because they, they will her? advocate until See? the wheels fall off. And one thing about the doula that we picked. Um, I made sure because I was also, uh, once again, the fear. I was fearful, but I turned my fear into knowledge mm-hmm. when um, I was hearing all the reports about black maternal mor- mortality mm-hmm. and how we were nearly four times more likely to die in childbirth. That's a real statistic. Like, we are 
treated the worst when it comes to the to the healthcare system. It's one person said we are as likely to die in childbirth as a black man is in a traffic stop. That's crazy. I can it's I feel like I can relate to that as my for my birth. Really? With Parker. I feel like they didn't give two shits about me when yeah. I was there. And that's a <clears throat> lot of people's story. I didn't want that to be mine, so that's another reason I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to have a hospital birth. And I know we mm-hmm. can't control the birth, but we can control like the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I want to control my atmosphere and have yeah. a home birth. So I started interviewing doulas. And I was like, whoa, this is expensive. I was going to ask, is having a doula expensive? expensive? What's the price range, if you don't mind me asking? So the quotes we received started at 2800 and um, ended at like six grand. The one we went with was four grand. Okay. And Are they for like the whole pregnancy the or whole just pregnancy. Oh, okay. okay. So to justify the cost, like both Brandon and I were like, that's too expensive. Let's just... um." figure it out on our own let's watch youtube yeah. let's talk to friends yeah, let's figure it out and we watched this documentary called aftershock on hulu and it followed three families all three of the moms died in childbirth because of negligence from the doctor they did not have any pre-existing condition whatsoever and typically when a mom dies in childbirth it's because the medical team isn't communicating with each other when it's time wow. to like switch up switch mm-hmm. shifts and do all the things mm-hmm. So we watched that. Brandon said, call Stacy and <laughs> give her that deposit right now. Yeah. He was like, 4000 is a lot of money, but it's not more than your life. Yeah. That part. So like it is expensive, but we spend money on nurseries. We spend money on birthday parties and baby showers and yeah. all the things. Christenings. Like we spend money on Everything. just like the, the stuff. But when it comes to spending money on your safety, we don't we're like, mm, that's too much. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had to shift my mindset on that because I was like, I need this crib for Malachi and this wallpaper and <laughs> this rug. And that is the same amount as this dola. So we're going to go with the crib and the wallpaper and <laughs> the dola. Leave out all the other shit. So, no rocking chair. No rocking chair. Exactly. Luck, thank God for gifts because we wouldn't have had anything. But, um, but yeah, so the process of interviewing the dola, I made sure to talk to her about my direct concerns about me being an african-american mm-hmm. in the hospital yeah and um she told me how many times she had to switch the nursing staff because because of she witnessed how they treated their black mamas differently than their white mamas but she don't play she will easily Your doula say was white my right? doula was white okay yeah but and she, she just did recognize she recognized the difference okay. and she said not on my watch like she's yeah. such an that. advocate she stands up for you and she Took the time throughout our pregnancy to to um to educate us on all of the elements of what could happen during birth. Like mm. she talked us through, um, like in the instance that you do want to get an epidural, what is your cold word? Because you may say I want an epidural, but you're just saying that out of emotion. So for you to really, really want one, you need to go back and remember that cold word. Mm-hmm. And do you want your baby to? Um, do you want to have delayed cord clamping? Yeah. Do you want to have him test it for all the things right away? Do you want mm. to put the stuff in his eyes? Like we went through all the options, and I never knew that I had that option. Yeah. I never knew that I could decide if I wanted a teaching staff in the room with us. Mm. I didn't know that we could say we only want the actual doctor 
the, the the nurse and the attendant resident or like whatever the case is um in our room i had no idea that i could that that i could set that standard angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Ever think those fables and fairy tales from back in the day are just a little bit dusty? Wandry and Tinkercast are bringing you a new kids and family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Join host DJ Fuch and his trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as they deliver remixes of fables and folk tales, rhythm and rhymes, and fun spins on classics as old as time. Grab the whole family and get ready to groove because they're putting the rap in Rapunzel and getting down with that funky duckling. Where hip-hop and fables meet, it's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to all episodes of Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcast. So when it came to just like the devastation of realizing that I could not have the home birth that I envisioned. Um, because you were high risk. Because I was high risk. Remind me to get to the high risk yes. part. Yes. <laughs> when it came to the devastation of realizing that I couldn't have the home birth, she gave me so much peace in realizing that we could still have an experience that felt intimate and safe. In and that hospital. is exactly what happened. Yeah. It's like I would pay the four grand Again. Three times. Yeah. Again. So before Remy continues, I just want to talk about being an advocate. So when I was pregnant with Ryder, my mom talked a lot about you have to, number one, know what's happening in your body. And that means you need to read books. You need to watch videos. You need to do your own homework about what labor is so that if you feel something that you have read or have seen is wrong, you're able to explain what's happening with your body. If you don't know anything about labor or how the things should feel, how are you going to be able to explain that? Or how are you going to be able to... So she was like basically telling me I needed to learn how to advocate for myself. And if I don't know anything about what labor is, how am I going to do that? So That's very important. Education is so important. I bought so many books and... It didn't. I'm saying if you're not in a position where 
you can't afford a doula. There are so many books that you can get. There's so many things that you can watch on YouTube for free that will teach you how to advocate for yourself. And then you need to find an advocate partner. So like Mm. when we got pregnant with Ace, the same books that I read when I was pregnant with Ryder, Zach read so that he knew now what was happening with my body to advocate for me. Like my mom knew how to advocate for me with Ryder because she's gone through it twice. Zach never went through labor. He didn't know how to. Yeah. He's he didn't know the things. He just knows that there's a vagina to learn the baby's coming out. So That's he so had crazy. to do his own homework and research to learn different pressure points, different ways that you can help your partner go through labor and also know mm, that doesn't look right. This doesn't feel right and how to advocate for them. And mm-hmm. all of that information is available without having to spend anything. So I just feel like I don't want people to hear the cost and then be like, well, I can't afford that. There's ways to get the same education aspect of it through just There's also resources for financial assistance when it comes to doulas. I'll send that to you so you can link it. I highly recommend it. Like, I know that, yeah, we could doing having a doula does not give you the excuse of being ignorant yes you should still do the research you should still sit with your partner and watch youtube and read the books and learn about the stages of labor and make sure that if your doula falls dead that day that you and your partner have the tools to get through without that person there's there's we make a way to do a lot in life, mm-hmm. you know, like if we want to go on a vacation, we're going to find that money. To What's go the difference between a doula and a midwife? So a midwife is actually um, trained to deliver the baby. The, the, mid, the doula does not have a medical certification to deliver. They're trained to um, educate you and be your supporting birthing partner. No way. So I you need to have talk. the midwife to actually like deliver the baby yeah. and like do the do the sewing and all the things like a midwife does that. I don't remember, and this is going to sound so stupid, but I really don't remember if this was like a Lifetime movie or if this (laughs) was a a real situation where I saw something. So nobody be like, girl, that was in a movie. But it really, I'm sure it's happened in real life where I saw that this mom was giving birth. She had a doula. She had a midwife. Uh It was a home birth. Something went wrong. The baby ended up passing and then the midwife got like sued and then put into jail. It sounds like a lifetime movie, but I may have been it may have also been real life. So not like I had a point to that story. Why would the midwife midwife she was liable in whatever I'm thinking about? I'm gonna go home and figure out if it was a movie or real life. But I'm sure that there's been times where someone's dropped the ball and you know a lot of times when something like that so tragic happens you want to find somebody to place to put the blame blame on regardless of if it was just i mean it's a realistic outcome of birth like that's why it's such a it's so serious y'all like i don't think we realize how serious serious birth is like it's a real possibility that you can die yeah what remy said in the beginning guys nadia sent me that quote it's in the quran that birth is the closest you can get to dying without death and i remember nadia sent me that the morning that i went into labor oh. with Ryder, and i was reading it You're like this is not helpful and i'm laboring at home and i'm like 
I'm, I'm about I'm to die. It's about to happen. I'm about to die. There is a transition that actually happens during childbirth. Like Brandon will explain this to you as I was no longer there. There was a point where I was laboring and I was pushing. And no, it was before I was pushing. I just felt like I had nothing else to give. And I just went so deep inward. And mm. when I went so deep inward, I couldn't hear anything. I had to go grab that strength. I did not have it. My my doula was in my ear counting, and her voice helped me tremendously. Brandon was, like, praying over me, and I could Aww. hear the echoes, but I was not there. But you're in, like, a fog. And I was in a fog. I was so gone that I physically felt my body regain consciousness. How and, long do you think that lasted? Um, it probably lasted about two minutes. But yeah. it, felt, it felt like an eternity. Yeah. But I came back ready. And um, Brand- and as I was like, we- I went back and watched the birth video. You hear Brandon asking the doula, like, like, why isn't she responding to me? Is she OK? That like, what's wrong? Chills. Why isn't she answering me? My doula said she went to go get the baby. Oh, and stop. then I came back and I'm like, I'm ready to do this. He came out. I'm like, I'm going to cry. No. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm emotional. so, and about that, I just wanted to comment on what I said about the birthing partner. Like, that is vital. And um, when you do have your partner there to help mm-hmm. you through it, and you have a doula, it allows your partner to be fully submersive into you and not have to worry about the atmosphere. Like, while Brandon was doing all the counter pressure and praying over me and holding the leg and turning me and doing yeah. all the things, the doula was making sure that the, the nurses that the students didn't come in and making sure that they did not ask me if I wanted an epidural. She was like the puppeteering. Everything in the background. She was my advocate. She was reading my, um, she was reading my charts. She, she kept an eye on my blood pressure and she kept an eye on, um, wow. The, the contractions. And she was just looking at everything, even though the medical staff was, was excellent. There could have been a moment where they miscommunicated and I could have, that could have easily gone left. So when your partner is able to fully focus on you and be present during that birthing birthing experience, I do that think that makes such a big difference too, where they don't have the responsibility of making sure that your wishes are being met. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. he doesn't have to do yeah, the work. You don't have to do the work, the extra work, yeah. extra advocating, and yeah. all that. I wish, just listening to your guys' story and, like, advocating, I wish I, when I had Parker, I had more advocates within my room. Yeah. I don't think that I had enough knowledge or Robert had enough knowledge Mm -hmm. of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And in that time, that could have prevented me from having an emergency C-section. Yeah. That could have prevented me from feeling like I wasn't alive half like when I after I had Parker I don't think I was even physically there because I was they put so many drugs within me Mm -hmm. so I wish I just hearing like different stories and hearing you guys like advocating in the knowledge of that that's out there you know like I pray that on to my next child to have like this a more beautiful healthy birth yeah and it starts with the knowledge like now that you know that it's possible you'll absolutely go for it next time and like last time you just didn't know yeah that that was possible and there is redemption so i want that for you i want that for you shannon like i really do want your next birth to be so pleasant and enjoyable and that's one of the other narratives that like 
I wish we're told more that, yeah, yes. it is painful and it hurts like hell, but it is so sacred. Yeah. yeah. And so sweet. I wish, yeah. I it's wish so I had... weird to think that, like, on one of the days that you probably feel the worst pain of your life, it's also the best day of yeah, your it's life. The best yeah. day of your life. The best and day. And that's always how my mom explained it to me. So I always pictured it like, this is about to be the best of my life. I'm going to almost die, but it's the best but day of my life. I'm going to be so it's happy. It's like when you're driving and you're stuck in traffic, you're like, I'm still going. Like, <laughs> it's happening. Uh, traffic may be worse. No. <laughs> like, I can't be positive like, in traffic. Literally, I, anytime Zach is driving, he's like, it's happening. We're driving. I'm like, keep telling yourself that, buddy. I'm like, but, where's the helicopter? Girl. My patience yeah. is here with travel. But traffic, I will say that one thing that I have learned, not only from my own, sorry, um, birth experiences but now that i feel like i'm in this age where my friends are finally having babies. having babies like when mm-hmm. i had writer like nobody was having a baby yeah, yeah. and i think that's and how i nobody yeah in my you were the group, first anybody yeah. around me was nobody not was having, ha- yeah. nobody so, thought about having a baby exactly so you feel really alone, alone. no one knew how to support i was you. very alone i had no one to talk to or like bounce ideas right. off of Nobody was really giving me their birth stories. So I think maybe that's why I didn't Mm -hmm. have the knowledge or me seeking out or my mom telling me, hey, this is, I think her birth story was tragic. Mine Mm -hmm. too. So my mom, I heard nothing but the negatives about like, yeah. Well, you almost died, Shannon. And, yeah, and yeah, same. This was horrible. It was so horrible. Yeah. But I love you so much. Right. So that's what I that went was in. your that's that how was, you that went was, into that was it. my prep. Yeah. yeah. I had the most oh, amazing pregnancy, but being in that hospital and having the doctor that I had was the worst. Yeah. But to hear these beautiful, to hear you guys like talk about like there's different experiences, there's different experiences and different things to go into, and I just can't wait for my next child. Oh, I'm so excited for your these, next child. Like, to have you guys pour me into me. Me too. Aww, me too. Shannon. Yeah. But I just just hearing just hearing it and there's having, another side to it. There's another side yeah. to it yeah. because my that whole experience and my. Brianna was in the hospital room after and she was like, yeah, she was like, girl, that you looked horrible. Mm. She was like, she was like, I remember she was like, I was fearful for you. Yeah. Mm. I think that what we also have to realize as women and then when you are going through pregnancy and you're planning your labor as mothers, that there's now because I do feel like there is so much information out mm-hmm. there and yeah. there are different ways to go out and grab it and figure it out. There's also a lot of pressure on having your perfect birth plan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what does your birth plan look like? And regardless if that is that you know you're going in there and you want to have an unmedicated birth or you know I want to have an epidural or I know one mom who planned to have, to a, have a cesarean. Yeah. Like that was her plan. She never wanted to have a vaginal birth. She mm-hmm. planned to have cesareans. Yeah. And that was her perfect plan. Like, no plan is better than the other plan. No. As long as the baby comes out, that's the best plan ever. But what I realized is that there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves to have a perfect and plan. Yeah. And what if that plan does not go according to plan? It does I was sobbing when my doctor was like, this is how my doctor approached me. He was like, well, you know, I'm about my shift is about over. Uh-uh. And I was almost I was dilated 
maybe seven centimeters. And he was like, well, you know, you're at, you're at high risk. You know, I'm about to leave. And then he's like, well, I'll be right back. You can make the decision. I wish I went a different route. I wish I did a little bit more for myself and yeah. advocated yeah. more for myself. Yeah. And after the fact, I thought about it more. And I'm like, shit, I didn't do the steps that I could have done. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had my beautiful boy. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. But, but there know. is still those feelings. Yeah. And, those I get feelings. That. It was, and it's a trauma. It was, yeah. As many of you may know, I have been on a slow boat moving into my house and I've been so stressed out about how I'm going to decorate and what is going on my hallways. Thankfully, Framebridge has come into my life. I can easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a Framebridge retail store and print whatever kind of images I want for my home. Whether it's a travel souvenir, my favorite photos from my travels, or just pictures of my kids, I know it's gonna get done and it's gonna look good. All you have to do is upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free secure prepaid packaging or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. Framebridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I can't wait to visit one of their locations. I'm going to take in some of my old concert stubs so I can hang it in my office. I love to see things that I've done and experienced in life, and they motivate me to work even harder. When you think of Framebridge, just remember it's easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. It's fair and transparent upfront pricing based simply on the size of your item. There's a curated selection of frame styles with design experts on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame. There's fast service, free shipping, and it's great for gifts. Order online or get expert help at a retail location near you. And don't forget, happiness is guaranteed. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they'll make it right. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. 
now that I'm in therapy, we were talking about, you know, I went to therapy originally to talk about the attack. Mm-hmm. And once I got in there, she's like, girl, we need to go way back. You got some she other shit like, we need to handle. This is trauma number 99. Right? Let's too. I was sitting there like, wait, what? Like, we're not going to talk about this? She's like, no, we're going to start further back. And oh she's gosh. like, number one. Your pregnancy and your labor, like all these things were traumas that you don't even realize that if you don't unpack those, how are you going to unpack the big one? I'm like, well, damn. But (laughs) I think the biggest lesson, learning lesson, is that how you say it? Learning lesson, yeah. Is that I put so much pressure on myself to have this birth plan for Ryder like Mm -hmm. my mom had. My mom just Mm -hmm. spoke so highly of her unmedicated labor with me and my sister and it was the best thing and she felt everything in the ring of fire and like all these things (laughs) and she oh the ring of fire is terrible she talked about it so much and just made it seem so beautiful that I wanted that that. and I was willing to die to get it like I did not want to go to a hospital because I just knew if I go to the hospital I'm gonna get medicine like in my head I knew that there's no way that I'm gonna be able to oh you didn't think that you could have the unmedicated birth at the hospital I didn't think that I would have like the willpower knowing that the medicine is down the hall Mm -hmm. to be able to say no it's all a mind thing and that's one thing that that the doula prepped us for is like the, the labor is one day or two days or however long some people labor, but the prep starts now. Yeah. That starts when you find out you're pregnant. That starts when you find out you want to have an unmedicated birth because the mind is so powerful. And the moment you start to tell yourself you can't do it or you open up the door for fear, you open up the door for anxiety, then that stuff will speak so much louder than just like, let me be calm. Let me realize that my body was made to do this and however it happens, it's going to happen. Like we have to surrender with birth. Yeah. And although it is very important to have a birth plan because that allows someone else to know your expectations and allows your your practitioner to know your birth expectations. But for the mamas and and the dads and the doula going through that process with you, it's also important to realize that if this does not happen, you'll still, we'll still all be okay. Right. This baby's mm-hmm. safety is the most important. And that was something that took me a long time to grasp because my mom had a very traumatic um, birth experience where I stopped breathing. She, They had to do an episiotomy on yeah. her and pull me out with tongs. Like, she did not get the, the like, the cuddling and the hand holding mm-hmm. right. and it wasn't yeah, glowing. Yeah. She didn't have lights down and candles and a pool. Yeah. Like she didn't have any of that. She had a very alone, traumatic birth with me. And hearing that was like the one the one extreme. And then hearing my other friend was like yeah. the other extreme. So I was like, Lord, please keep me closer to the extreme of my friend. <laughs> right. let's, yeah. let's just let's say my away mom from doing enough pain for both of us. And I guess it's a good segue into um, into the complications that I had because that was the first layer of surrender where I realized I couldn't have it. Like when I you couldn't have pregnant. the dream birth. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, my dream birth was like in a pool at home with yeah. Brandon and the doula mm-hmm. and the midwife and like maybe our parents down the street at this point. So <laughs> that was actually the real dream. I went. <laughs> I remember this. So it was going to be beautiful. Yes. It was going to be great. Um, it was going to be great. And then that was going to be like sushi and wine. Yep, that was part as of it too. As soon as I pushed him out, 
Shy and Zayna were going to come over with like sushi and wine, yes. and we were going to bask in like the golden glow with like them feeding me yellowtail. Yeah. That was legit what that I wanted to plan. happen. I, I was you, delusional, but that's my second birth. The don't don't go too so far. Don't, away. I just remember <laughs> you like don't laugh too hard. I because remember you're still when I was hearing this and still coming. Zayna was texting me like, "Should we have the wine and sushi ready?" And I'm like, "No." It's no. Nope. I'm like, we're not it's coming. Not- Zayn, I can see Zayn. Like, I'm ready. Oh, and my God. Like, Let's give her some time. Let's give her some time. So um, at 20 weeks, we went in for the appointment where you do the full scan mm-hmm. of the baby's anatomy mm. to make sure that everything is all right. And, oh, my goodness, the anxiety. So much anxiety. Oh, I had to keep saying, Lord, I'm made of a sound mind. A sound mind. This is not sound. I'm going crazy. Like, what if my child? Like, all the things. I never once thought that it could have been me. All mm-hmm. of the complications that I was afraid of was something being wrong with the baby. The baby mm-hmm. I never even had the, like, my mind did not go into, like, but you should, like, something what could be wrong you? with you. So, um, they're doing the measurements, and whenever a doctor walks out of a room without saying anything, you kind of know something's wrong. Yeah. So, and this doctor is amazing. She's, like, always so happy, and she's, like, joking with me and Brandon. Um, So she's just like, one second. So um, she leaves, and she brings back another doctor. And they do the measurements, and I'm like, what are y'all measuring? She's like, we're just going to go read it. And then she's like, we're measuring your cervix. We're just going to go read it, and then we'll come back. I had no idea that a cervix needs to be measured. So I'm like, well, they're so thorough. Like, why are they measuring the cervix? <laughs> wow. This is a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> so then they come back and they're like, so it looks like your cervix is short. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So like, what does what? that mean? <laughs> I would be looking at them too like, like all right. yours is long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, congratulations on your long cervix. <laughs> right. So she's like, yeah, it looks like your cervix is short. And we're going to, um, here's your options. And I'm like, first, can you tell me what a short cervix means? Because yeah. it's not something I've ever heard I've of. never heard of it. So um, basically, the cervix has to measure over three in order to guarantee the safety that the baby won't just, like, coll- like won't just fall out. Because there's mm. something that happens. I can't medically explain this as well as I would love to, but just based on my low-grade knowledge of what was occurring um, with a short service, you're more you're at higher risk for preterm labor. Okay. And when she told me that I was at risk for preterm labor, at first I didn't like process those words correctly because it just felt like such a shock. Mm-hmm. The things I was preparing for was like, you know, is this you have eight toes or right. is yeah. the stomach not cre- developed? Does he have a brain something yeah you're like this so when she's like your cervix is short and that can lead to very serious birth complications she's like we can put you on progesterone and that's a hormone that um coats your cervix so that it's still it's not supposed to like help it grow but it just protects it so i couldn't travel i couldn't walk upstairs or she just put me on a very strict, like, don't move. No just sex. Like, no sex. No. She didn't put me on bed rest, but she said, just do as little as you can. Yeah. So cancel mm. your flight. I was going to Jamaica a few days later, or a few weeks later. We had to cancel our baby moon and everything. So wow. she put me on the progesterone, and um, I had to, like, take that for, I think it was, like, two weeks or 30 days for until my next measurement. Mm-hmm. And um, we went back in for the next measurement, 
And this is where I would have had to get the cerclage. What is that? And that is when they sew up your cervix. Basically so that you don't go into labor. So the baby doesn't come out. Yeah. Um, So I was going to that appointment. And we prayed that I woke up so just like heavy that morning. I remember like Brandon walked into the bathroom and I was crying. And he's like, oh, I don't know why this is making me emotional. I didn't talk about this so many times. But I remember that morning when we were going to get the procedure. um, Because we could get the procedure or not. But not getting it meant that we probably would have lost the baby. Yeah. So I'm like, let's get the procedure. Yes. And at that point, birth plan out the window, you know, yeah. so I didn't care about any of that anymore. And it's like at some point, like all that stuff becomes a non-factor, mm-hmm. like having a natural birth just did not matter to me anymore. Having an unmedicated birth, I did not care. Right. Having You're a like, C-section, yeah. do it. Like, yeah. you just say, I just baby want safe. my baby. So and at some layer of it, having um, that complication really allowed me to allow the perspective of like. It doesn't matter how your baby comes into this world. Release the pressure. So he came into me that he came in the bathroom that morning, and I was crying, and um, he just put his arms around me and he just started praying over me and he said, mm-hmm. "The Lord already knows the outcome. So do you trust Him?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "So you can't worry too. Like you can't do both. Like you can't trust Him and worry. You have to pick one." So which one is it going to be? And I was like, I just did make it. I was, I was like, like, I'm worried. I was. I'm worried. No, I was worried. He was like, you can't do both. Like, you have oh, to pick. Brandon. And I was like, I just, I don't under, I can't pick right now. And I was like, I want to trust him. And I do trust him. But I'm so afraid. Like, I'm scared. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. And he's like, it's already done. Like, you can worry all day long. But guess what? The the outcome has been decided. And we're going to the hospital right now, and all we can do is pray for peace. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. we can't pray for one outcome or the other because it's already done. So um, he just started praying for peace over us, and I still, like, didn't finish crying. I didn't really feel better. So no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, your prayer is not helping me. She's like, <laughs> yeah. I still cry. I didn't really feel better. So we went to the hospital to get the procedure. Before the doctor does the procedure, she does another measurement just because you have to measure to know what you're measuring against. And she leaves the room again. I'm like, it's even shorter now. You're like, why? So she comes back and she's like, we don't have to do this procedure. Your cervix, so good. Your cervix grew. I look at Brandon, he looks at me, and we're like, no freaking way. You mean to tell me my... She was like, I did not expect this as an outcome. We were ready to do the surgery today. Your cervix grew. And uh, it was just such a a kiss from God. Like, it was just like, can you just trust me, girl? Like, how many times do I have to just say, trust me, I'll handle it? And it was just such a sweet moment. Um, But I was still high risk. That getting the surgery or not, like, regardless of the fact that my cervix grew, it's still, I was still high risk until I made it to 37 weeks. How often do people's cervix grow over those 30? It's very uncomfortable. Your cervix doesn't grow or shrink. I'm just like, the whole time that Remy was going through this, she when she sent us like the first initial text explaining the short cervix, and we were all like, 
what the hell is that? I had never even heard of that. So I went to some of my other mom friends. Yeah. Who have had babies, and I'm like, have you ever heard of this? Because now at this point, I feel like I'm on like friend survival mode. Like, right? Like, how do help I me? How do I help tell my, my friend? Like, having a short cervix is okay. You know what I right. mean? Like, because you just don't know. Having positive affirmations. Right. It's like you're okay. Yeah. Well, I went to one of my friends, Ashley, mm-hmm. and she's talked about this, so I don't feel bad like saying her name. Mm-hmm. And she literally immediately was like, "Oh no." Yeah. And I'm like, "What? Oh no, what? Right? Right? What?" She's like, shy. that's what happened to me. And they lost their first baby. Oh, she shit. had a short cervix. And the doctor didn't catch it the in co- time. They did not catch it. She had her baby early. So oh she was like... So many mamas go into preterm labor not even knowing that their cervix yeah. is short. She had no idea. Do, you, so, do doctors not often check the cervix within those guessing checkups? Not. I'm going to guess not. Yeah. Because so many mamas. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was talking to Ashley wow. about it, it was really hard for me to talk to her, knowing her experience, all while Remy is Going having a similar mm. experience. And Ashley was just like taking her own experience, which is life changing and traumatic. And she's like, thank God they caught they it. Caught it. Mm-hmm. You know, like she was like, I can talk to Remy about my own personal experience from the standpoint of not having it caught. But now that she does know she has one, she's had two other healthy you know, children. Since yeah. then, her pregnancies are just always high risk. So because she mm. knows she has a short cervix, hers did not grow like Remy's in the end of it. She's just, when she was pregnant. She ended up getting the, the she um, had, procedure. She had to get she sewn get and do different things. Each in time. Bed pre- yeah. yeah. She had a special mm. doctor for it. Like, she took the steps to make sure that she would be able to hold her girls. Yeah. So it was really difficult as her friend knowing this story. That, knowing that's an outcome. Knowing that's an outcome and not wanting to ever put that energy or onto put her. that anything onto Remy's story. You mm. know what I mean? Of course. And Oh, that was such a hard time. Just it was really, that. really oh, hard. God, that was difficult. I feel like it was hard for all of us. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's hard for her. She's carrying the baby. She's carrying the baby. But as her friend, <laughs> like, you want to feel everything that your friends feel. Of course. And knowing this outcome, knowing this, I'm like. Knowing that you are actually, yes, like, likely so to lose the day your baby. That yeah. Remy was supposed yeah. to get her procedure. She sends a video, and I can literally picture it of you guys on the street, and it's you and Brandon. Now mm. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and they, like, send this video out to all of us about how, like, her cervix grew. <laughs> And I literally sat there and cried watching it because I'm like, because you. What was I gonna do as her her friend if her outcome was different? It was. It was too much. It was like way too much for me. And I'm like not even in the relationship. It was very intense. (laughs) And it's like after praying so hard for a baby, like we had the um, the difficulty getting pregnant, and we finally got pregnant, and then we were we had what nineteen great weeks of celebrating the pregnancy, and then we found out that we could lose the pregnancy. Yeah. So right. we're like, Lord, this is your child before it's ours. But like, why mm-hmm. would you give them to us if we're just going to lose them? But it's just still like you just have to trust, and it's like just this constant battle of surrendering, yeah. even if. It means you're going to lose your child. And that is such a hard surrender. That's so hard. And there's just, like, really nothing that can prepare you for for something like that. So that made me really... um, That situation was the reason why I could not qualify for a home birth. 
because I had a short cervix. And after 37 weeks, um, we ended up getting cleared as no risk. Then we realized that I was high risk again. Um, Because at 37 weeks, you can qualify for the home birth. I mean, for... um, birth center birth mm-hmm. i remember you said that so i was like oh it's still possible i could still you have could the birth of my dreams yeah. and then we realized that i was at risk for internal bleeding oh and um hemorrhaging and that is another um main reason why african-american moms die in childbirth is hemorrhaging brandon's like not ri- we're not risking it at all. We're doing this hospital birth. I don't care who. What doctor He's cares? Like, I'm you? gonna pull He's up to the hospital. <laughs> He's like, you gotta just let it go. Right. You have to just release it, and that's what Shai was saying about, um, like it's it's like great to dream about a plan. Right. It's so sweet to yeah. hold on yeah. to this amazing thing, but we do have to come to terms where if that plan can't happen, that we don't choose our want over the safety of our child yes, yeah. and of us. Never. And yeah. so I think at big times we forget about us. Like when yeah. you're saying you go into your 20 week appointment thinking what the heck can be yeah. wrong with my child and not and ever that, thinking about yourself what's going on with yeah. our bodies yeah we have to realize that we're still here right yeah. we're, we're still the, living we're right. creating and we're and, actually carrying the baby yeah so th- it is crazy like, that, that we that do is, think about we really yes. we really do think about as moms like what's going on with my child inside me and not the health of who we are yeah. and our bodies yeah because yeah. we're still yeah we still need to be looked after too that starts with like how we are as mothers like it's internal i feel like we're just automatically just thinking child, about child, our child child child, child, child <laughs> and we're not thinking about us yeah. but yeah. then that's why but we have to pour into us we have to step back we and have it's like, to make sure we are okay what kind of mom are you going to be for this child if you are so depleted yeah yeah, yeah. you only be, can you give what you have inside yeah. of you so yeah so we have the doula and um she was like, we're, we're switching to hospital birth, and that's just yeah. what's going to happen. And sorry, not switching. We're staying with hospital birth, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Because if you hemorrhage, they're going to have everything you need there. If yeah. we're at a birthing center, they're not. If you're home, we're going to have to airlift you yeah. to the hospital to get you blood. And she's like, it's not worth it. Like, the one thing I loved about her is she was not like, okay, you figure it out and you let me know and we'll support you. She just wasn't she like, was Chloe, she was no. straight to the point. Yeah. She's very matter like of that. fact, but also super supportive, but she wouldn't allow <clears throat> me to be in danger. Yeah. She's like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> like, we're going to have to <laughs> airlift you if you hemorrhage. Yeah. <laughs> you might not make it. <laughs> Girl. And Remy's like, mm. that sounds fun. <laughs> so, um, I can't can do that. Finally get a helicopter ride. <laughs> So I tell that to say that we did end up having the hospital birth and um, funny story about actually going into labor was there was it was the Thursday. I was like 38 or 39 weeks, I think 38 weeks because he ended up coming early. Mm hmm. Um, it was a Thursday. My mom had come into town to braid my hair Mm -hmm. because. I didn't want to go into labor looking like this and then have, like, afro. Because yeah. like, I wanted, I still wanted the moments of, like, recording the labor. <laughs> I wanted to hold on to all the things that I wanted to do at the home birth. But, like, happened at a hospital. And I'm like, Mom, I need to look pretty. Come do my hair. So she came to town to braid my hair. And she went to my doctor appointment with me. The whole pregnancy, she's wanted to come to a doctor Aww, appointment. But they yeah. only allow one person. And um, 
Brandon is just like, he's such an amazing hands-on dad that like we wanted to go through the experience together. But like towards the end, he was like, let's let her come to an appointment. Yeah. I'm like, thank you. I really wanted her to be there, but I didn't want to like kick you to the side. So um, she came in town. We went to this appointment together, which is her and I. And the doctor's like, should we do a cervical check? And I'm like, no. My mom's like, yes. Yeah. Let's do. She just wanted to see some action. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> like, I need to see Because the doctor's just measuring me and like yeah. taking my weight and doing my blood pressure. But a cervical check will see if you're dilated. To see if I'm dilated. I'm like, mom, a part of my birth plan is no cervical check. I just don't want to know. I just want to happen. And she's like, check her. Let's do a cervical <laughs> check. Open your legs. So I call Brandon on FaceTime. Okay. And he does not pick up the phone. So now I'm like, what is wrong? Is he okay? And my mom's like, it's fine. Let's just do the cervical check. I'm like, she's like, girl, I want to see. Okay, fine. Let's do it. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. But my mom just wants the drama. Because she didn't see an ultrasound or I anything. <laughs> so um, so they, the doctor does the cervical check. And she's like, I feel his head. And I'm like, what? Uh-uh. <laughs> she said, you're three centimeters dilated. I said, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm th- she said, have you been feeling any pain? I said, not at all. She was like, well, labor could stall. You could come tomorrow. You can come in two weeks. And she was like, it's about to be the holidays. Do you want to um, schedule an, uh, you, do you want to schedule an induction just in case he comes like later I'm than so expected? I'm so surprised they offered you that and I for said, you being no. three, like, right, already dilated. Why yeah. they... And the good thing about having a doula is we already discussed all this. She said if a doctor mentions induction, say no. If she tries to schedule anything, yeah. say like, no. Why would they even ask? She said, you? when it comes to the holidays, doctors try they to try get to rev things up. the Christmas break oh. off because I was due the 18th, which typically is the first time, mom, you come oh. late. Yeah. I so came at 12, like, so I was early. Let's so get this said, baby out. Let's get it out. She was trying I'm to ready. schedule. She's like, oh, you're you're already yeah. a guy late. Let's schedule the And I said, no. And um, she was like, well, it could happen this day. It could happen three weeks later. I'm like, well, it's just going to happen when it happens. I'm not yeah. scheduling an induction and we're not doing anything else. <laughs> no memory. Like, so it's like, I don't yeah. want anything. Like, I'm fine. I'm not in any pain. Like, it's okay. So we get home and like, babe, we're in labor. And not realizing that something was like very wrong with Brandon. He tells me that he got into this freak accident at the gym in the bar, like, collapsed his head up we had to end up taking him to the emergency room stop and we're in the hospital with him (laughs) while i'm in like fake labor so i'm telling all the doctors like hey i'm in labor just so we're clear i'm I'm in in labor labor. (laughs) but he almost broke his neck at the gym but here over there but he may or may not have a concussion but i'm in labor oh my my god we're in labor So let's just fast forward through that. And he just does not get the attention he needs because now I'm in labor. They give him like Tylenol. I was checking on Brandon because I just knew he was not getting any attention. Poor thing is like, like, I heard there was a journey. Are you okay? He gave me like the full synopsis. I'm like, oh, my friend needs somebody to talk to. So my mom was here and nothing happened at all. Like I I just didn't know what was going on, but I didn't start feeling contraction. So let's just fast forward to Sunday. She decides to go home, and I'm glad she left because Brandon and I had the one thing that we wanted to hold on to from the home labor was us laboring together. Mm. Like, we really wanted to experience this with our parents, but at the same time, like, we have spent so much time with the doula prior to the birth to, like, learn about breathing, to 
understand that our body was made to do this. Like each contraction brings you closer to meeting your I love baby how you say and yeah. the waves and like you're feeling it all. And he's counter pressure and he knows all the poses. So like we had birth prep. Like we were in training yeah. for this day and it was us training. So not you and your mom, yeah. not him and his mom. Exactly. And his so we too. wanted to stay true because that also um, introduced the element of like worry for me because I'm like, this is the atmosphere that we wanted to happen, and now I feel like it's interrupted. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really harsh even to feel, but I was like, I just really want to experience this with Brandon. And my mom, like, knew that. She's she's very understanding. At first, I think it was hard because she wanted to be in the room, and rightfully so. I would love to be in the room with my when my baby gives mm-hmm. birth, but I'm really happy that she allowed Brandon and I the space to birth on our own. So she left not knowing that the baby was coming in just 12 hours. She left um, Sunday night and she landed. By the time she landed, Brandon and I were at the hospital because we had this contraction counter app. That's crazy. Bro, she called me from the plane. I didn't know you could call people on FaceTime from a plane. So I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know that either. Until. (laughs) Oh, let me tell you how this actually played out. So, do you remember that day we got on FaceTime and you joked and you said, I'm pretty sure like something's happening, but like I don't know if it's (laughs) happening or not. But like I feel some things, but I'm just gonna, you were like baking a chicken or something. Yeah, I was cooking. You were like, I'm just gonna sanitizing bottles. And I joked around, I said, Remy, watch when you walk into the hospital, or you said it, one of us said it about you being eight centimeters dilated. And I was like, the baby's just gonna fall out at that point. Yeah. Like it was like a joke that it was going to happen that day. Yep. we I, And I didn't know because I was allegedly in labor since like the week before, mm-hmm. but nothing was happening. So I didn't think anything so was different. Going on. But I started to actually feel pain. And that was the contractions. Um, so I'm like, babe, count them. And this is like throughout the night. And once they started to ramp up, I was like, go to sleep. Because I needed him to be rested, to be ready and rested because counter pressure is like very intense and I needed him to be available for me. So I'm like, I need you to sleep. Um, I can handle this pain right now. I'll wake you up when it gets unbearable because it will. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it will. We'll get to the hospital. My mom's in the air right now. So I'm not even giving her any updates because somehow she has service. Don't know. But I'm not giving her any (laughs) updates because I'm afraid she's going to have an emergency landing. No updates. So I'm going through the um, contractions. I'm playing my Christian hypnobirthing app. And it starts to get really serious. I I wake him up. And he's like, they're nine minutes apart. Let me just go pack the car. He gets from packing the car. And they're six minutes apart. He puts me in the shower. um, And then they go from six minutes apart to two minutes apart Mm. without the hour gap that it's supposed to have. Um, So we end up going to the hospital at 4 o'clock in the morning. And the contractions hurt. It hurts really bad. We get there. They're like, oh, you may not be in labor. Your water didn't break. I'm like, okay, if I'm not in labor, I'm not in labor. But this pain that I'm feeling tells me that I'm in labor. So I also just don't know what a contraction feels like. So we're on the phone with the doula. She's like, you're in labor. Have them do a cervical check because they're not going to give you. They're not going to put you into the room unless they know. So she's like, once they tell you where you're dilated, let me know. And I'll figure out if it's time for me to come. So we do the um, the cervical check, and she and they're like, you're seven centimeters. They rush me to the back. They give me a, a, a room with a tub. Which Remy really this wanted. This is my redemption Aww. story. They give me the room with a tub. The doula gets there in 15 minutes. Um, my actual doctor was not there, but we had the angel of a doctor. Her name was Dr. Erin Meshner. She was excellent. She allowed Brandon to deliver the baby. Aww. 
He like hand delivered the baby. I didn't know your actual doctor didn't make it. She she wasn't on call that day, and when it was a blessing that we had this doctor because that doctor wouldn't have let Brandon deliver because the um, umbilical cord was wrapped around the neck, and that's I don't know if you're supposed to do that, but she (laughs) ended up like letting him do it all, and um, that's a blessing with. Just, like, all of the pain that happened during labor, like, it did hurt. I'm not going to sit here and tell y'all that. It was, like, peaches and cream. Like, it hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. And it was just such an amazing experience, though, to get through it, to have Brandon, to have the doula, and to just know that, like, we survived one of yeah. the hardest things that you could do. And we survived it. So after um, after the baby like, it, it really did hurt a lot. So the baby came. Remy is like, I'm going to say that one more time. I just yeah. need to emphasize, like, when it was time to push, my doula was such an angel in my ear. Her voice was so sweet. Brandon's doing all the things, blah, blah, blah. He comes out, and I collapse. I mm. physically can't even do the afterbirth. Like, I, God gave me just enough strength to get this baby out. Everything else, I had to, I ended up getting on narcotics after he came out to get the placenta out and to do the stitches. I couldn't do that unmedicated. Mm-hmm. Um. So now to the funny part. Your mom, Brandon, is sending Your everyone <laughs> updates. Um, and he's on Facetime with my mom, and I'm like, "How? She's she should have landed already." I'm like, "This was a long flight. She should have been home." Fast forward to getting to the postpartum part p- portion of the hospital, where like, you no one, the yeah. doula couldn't even get back there. Wait, she had wait, to leave. before you go there, <laughs> I get a call at like. 5 a.m., 4 a.m., early as hell. And I'm freaking out because I know what's happening. So I answer, she's on the plane like this. The phone is like this. I'm like, (laughs) Mom, what's happening? She's at the hospital. I'm like, are you on the plane? (laughs) She's like, I'm I'm going home. I'm like, you can call me from a plane. (laughs) I'm not even concerned about women. I'm stuck on, how are you you timing to me? service like you're in the sky and i'm she's dead like, she's, like, I'm on the plane. she's like what do you think i should do i'm like what do you mean that like, you can't do anything you're on the plane this lady she's crazy who knows that she wasn't supposed to be there yet she got back on the plane so she landed mm-hmm. found out that i was in labor yeah. got right back on the plane came back to yeah. california somehow what convinced zayna yes that they were going to sneak into the hospital i didn't give my mom my room number no one knew my room number brandon <laughs> tells me to this day he never gave it to no, her. no he wouldn't my mom and zayna broke into the hospital into the postpartum ward so she pretended what? she was a doula she was I'm like crying to get through the first what stage the of it she's she- texting me and zayna like i'm coming back and uh, we already know, like, we want, we know that Remy's whole plan is to, like, have this intimate moment with, like, yeah. her and Brandon. So we're just like, hey, hey, like, we're not about to tell Remy. Right. Like, and we're not her. about to tell Remy or Brandon because we're not getting in trouble. Y'all. <laughs> so I- she's like, who's picking me up from the airport? I'm filming that day. I'm like, not me. I'm not getting in <laughs> I'm trouble. I'm getting- <laughs> like, I'm coming. Next text I get, they say we're breaking in. I'm like, to what? Not I'm not even thinking in. about the hospital. <laughs> Bro, they're sending me pictures. We're in the hallway. We made it in. You have to have badges. And I, I don't want to say the name of the hospital we were in. But they, they, got they in. pretended that they were already a in the hospital. My mom got into an How? argument with security by saying, like, you're discriminating against me. You yes. won't let me in. You know I was here the whole time. The security guard ended up being like, that too. okay, fine. They let her through. I'm g- talking Posing to the a, doctor. As a doula. 
Listen, it's me, Brandon, the baby, and the doctor in our postpartum <laughs> little situation. And she's like trying to get me to pee for the first time. I'm really struggling. I'm like, I don't want to right. pee. I don't want, I'm just going to hold it until like, right, I die. Like, burns. I'm not holding it. I'm not peeing. And then there's a knock at the door. She steps out and she's thinking it's like a, another nurse or right. something. And she's, and I hear I'm... a voice. <laughs> you said his voice. Um, I'm here for Remy Bobo and Brandon Bobo. And, um,. <laughs> Me and Brandon I look at each other, mom. and we're like, first of all, she's supposed to be in North Carolina. How the heck is she here? How are and you I here, Zana? Just looking like I'm not here. <laughs> I'm actually not here. I'm you don't hear me. I'm just a ghost. So they end up sneaking into the hospital, and my mom and I was like, "Mom, you are literally psychotic." And then later, she explained it to me, and she said. I just needed to lay eyes on you. Like, I needed to know Aww. that you made it. Like, I, yeah. it, talking to you wasn't enough. I needed to see you. Yeah. Because she, she knows that I could be... have hemorrhaged and bled out. She was, like, being You're on the plane. You're still her baby. Yeah. And so her baby. And she needed to just, like, know that I was okay. And she laid her eyes on me. She looked at the baby. She touched his feet. And she left. She yeah. went back on she another just flight. Needed... She oh, just needed wait, to see yes. me. She came back and she and she, she just was, needed to let her eyes. She on literally me. was like calling me, giving me all these updates because I'm pissed off that I didn't get to break into the hospital. Right. <laughs> of course, she's like I want to come in a crime. I wanted today. to do it too, but I couldn't get of out course. of filming. So she's like, I laid eyes and she's fine. And I touched the baby. I didn't hold the baby. I didn't do anything. Your and, mom literally just came, saw, and yeah, I and love dipped. you. And bye. I thought it was the best thing ever. Yeah. So I was, I was really I happy love that, that moment. She got to break in. Sorry. She got to break in. It was <laughs> such a sweeper. Stood there like a ghost. Yeah, though. she was like, hey. <laughs> no, it was a very, very. <laughs> I'm not here. Yeah. I don't see anything. Oh, yeah. We just, I feel great. like Remy was very intentional and adamant about what they wanted, and we all wanted to respect, respect it, it. Yeah. and still play a role. Yeah. No, How, I love that, and that's. That's yeah. a good friend. Like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna stay right here because I know you. Do, you guys want your own peace, but I'm also the it. driver of your mom, of your mom <laughs> breaking into yeah. the hospital. It was good. I was actually happy that she didn't listen. You know, sometimes you think you know what you want, mm -hmm. but when I saw her, I felt so relieved. Yeah, like I was just, I was so complete, and I was like, oh, I wish she could stay. And I didn't say that out loud because I'm sure she would have. <laughs> but I really, I was like, this is sweet. But you're in your airport clothes and you can't hold them because you just came out. Like, but, girl, um, bye. But no, I did. I would have loved for her to have been there. And for our second child, I think we're going to, like, prayerfully, we can have a home birth and have the parents there for that one. Mm -hmm. But we just wanted it to be the three of us as a unit first and then introduce um, him to the world, him to, the world yeah. him to our parents and to our friends. But we just wanted to have that first, like, week of mm -hmm. just us with the baby so we can just learn. Yeah. And I think that's the best decision for you guys. So we can make mistakes. And that's how it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we went a little over our time, so we'll skip WTS and advice this week. But thank you for coming back. Yes, I feel thank like you. I'm happy I was here for this. Listening to you talk about your birth story and just your labor and all those, like, all the things, I feel like, people can take different things from this conversation which is why we do these talks and yeah. stuff so it is really necessary i know that you guys are gonna want remy back because we did not touch on the wedding which we probably should have started it Shoot, Chai, i forgot something really important oh that awesome i had fibroids oh you did <laughs> oh my god that Rim. was another Rim reason i had all the things that was <laughs> another reason i was high risk i won't elaborate on it but yeah i had fibroids and i had COVID. 
I forgot you had COVID. You yeah. did have COVID. I remember that. Yeah. So did it, it was like and didn't one Brandon get sick after too? Another. Yeah, we had it. And yeah. I was 19 times more likely to go into preterm labor with all those effects. But anyways, back to the wedding. <laughs> so we're going to clearly have to have Remy back. And I know that a lot of people are like, okay, now I want to hear Brandon's perspective, especially yeah. with labor. I feel like mm-hmm. they're going to want to hear. I'm sorry. I'm like mid trying to call an Uber because I have this meeting right now and I forgot. But anyway, I know they're going to want to hear Brandon's perspective also. So we're going to have to schedule when you guys can both come back at the same time so we can hear like Brandon talk about all these things. And that would be great. I'd love to hear him I'd talk about like when too. you yeah. basically passed out because I feel like the when he described it to me at first, he was like, she was not there. Like, she, she was gone. She died. Yeah. And she came back. So we have to have Brandon on. Um, but I appreciate you guys always, like, commenting, giving us good feedback. Don't forget to go and check out Remy and Brandon's YouTube. They just put up a video this week, and I watched it, and I was dying laughing at something. Which one was it? The video you just put up. Not, was it your was Mother's, Mother's Day? Day? Yes. But I was oh. laughing at something. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Or maybe I was crying. I was crying the whole mother's day. Maybe that's why I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I you watched laughing, it and I was like, look at my friend. <laughs> when I you, cried the whole oh, day. There's this one scene where Remy walks out at the balcony and she gets so emotional, I think, with seeing like the ocean front and just yeah. like all I the feels. And I was a little I was drinking wine watching the watching it. And <laughs> I'm watching chuckling. it and I'm like chuckling like chuckling at Remy crying, not because I'm laughing at her crying, but I'm just like, look at my friend. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like only Remy so it was really really cute to watch so you guys make sure you check out their YouTube channel it will give you all the feels <laughs> all of them <laughs> gave Shy all he the feels he did such a good job but yeah. don't forget to follow us at the Think Loud crew you can check us out on any podcast platform and watch our YouTube channel and you can follow me at Shy Not Shy and you can follow me at Hair by Shannon C. Remy? You can follow me at Remy Chantel Bobo and on Instagram. And my YouTube, which I still don't know the name of. I Jesus think it's Christ. Remy. You don't know the name I of always it? get confused if it's Remy or Brandon and Brandon and Remy. Um, it is Remy and Brandon Bobo. <laughs> I hate her, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, follow us there and follow our journey. Yeah, it's really, really, like, refreshing. I don't know if that's the right word, but I watch it word. and I feel like it's like refreshing to watch. To see it. It's Remy and Brandon Bobo. <laughs> I had to look. I'm done. <laughs> okay, go and follow and subscribe to their YouTube. Um, and don't forget to tell your crew about our crew. And we'll be back next week. And we have some very special guests next week that I think we're all really excited for. But I'm not going to tell you who. So I want to know who. I'll tell you when we're done with this. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for having me again, guys. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.